With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin says the U.S. has released that container of medical supplies that was headed to the Health Services Authority from overseas. We really don't want to talk a lot about it, but we just really want to thank from the bottom of our hearts the, the U.S. Ambassador to Jamaica for the intervention that was made, which has quite frankly made all the difference. The container had some 55,000 masks inside, along with eight ventilators, as well as other medical supplies. They should now be here within the next week or so. When asked what assurances there are that the U.S. won't stop further shipments through its ports, the premier said there are no guarantees, since the seizures were related to a U.S. presidential order. But he expressed confidence in Cayman's ability to secure what it needs. His Excellency the Governor says the United Kingdom remains steadfast in its support of Cayman amid the COVID-19 pandemic as they help us to secure much-needed equipment. Here's Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego with more on that. The economic situation, the healthcare system and security are just some of the things His Excellency Governor Martin Roper discussed during a virtual meeting Wednesday with some 29 people across several UK departments, giving them a sense of what's happening in Cayman. On security, um, it's very important that we have a stable situation now. My thanks again to the police commissioner and everybody involved in that. But we have to be planning uh, for possible scenarios in the future. And I think it's reassuring uh, to us to know that the UK is steadfast um, in its support uh, to, to Cayman. And that came through. Um, in the meeting yesterday. During Thursday's COVID-19 briefing, Governor Roper says they're in touch with UK Crown agents now as they have procured some ventilators for the overseas territories. And he says a good number is being secured for Cayman. This is a very difficult time in the UK um, because those are in short supply in the UK as well. But I mean, I'm reassured and I'm sure all of you are that the UK is continuing uh, to look after its overseas territories, even at this time um, of, of crisis. Speaking of the UK, Governor Roper also gave an update on UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson's condition. His Excellency says Mr. Boris Johnson is out of intensive care, but he remains in hospital. Shanda Gallego, Radio Cayman News. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee says the validation process has gone well for the test kits that arrived from South Korea this week. I'm pleased to be able to report that they all passed their validation with no problems whatsoever. Dr. Lee says the lab is now refocused on testing with the expectation we'll receive the next round of results by Saturday's press briefing. The chief medical officer today also provided an update on the island's COVID-19 planning. We've had a very good meeting this morning um, with uh, senior government members and the medical profession to discuss both the testing protocol, how we're going to change the testing protocol, the um, capacity of the labs to be able to test and the professional clinical management of how we're going to manage um, any um, ongoing patients with COVID-19, whether it be in primary care setting um, or through into secondary care or intensive care, should they need that. There was also a stern reminder today targeted to anyone who has been told to stay home by public health officials. If you are swabbed for COVID-19 to check if you've got it, if you've been asked to isolate, this is an absolute requirement under the law. You cannot leave home without the express permission from the medical officer of health. Breaches of the isolation mandate can result in a fine of $1,000 and six months in prison. Dr. Lee says they are taking those breaches seriously.
Unless something changes drastically, there will be no COVID-19 briefing on Good Friday or Easter Sunday. And that's primarily to give the many essential workers in and outside of government a chance to rest. While the premier expressed his best wishes for the Easter weekend, he also issued a warning to those who were hoping to skirt the curfew rules by heading to their vacation homes. Do not venture to your vacation homes up at Rum Point or Cayman Kai or anywhere else, please stay in your usual abode. The Honorable Alden McLaughlin says they're concerned about the prospect of people traveling to vacation homes, and they really want parents to keep their children close to home. Kids being kids, it's impossible, impossible to get kids to understand what physical distancing means. It's just not in the nature of a child to, to stay away from other children and other people. Good Friday is not a hard curfew day, although it is defined as a prohibitive day under the Sunday trading law. And that means many businesses will be closed. The premier says businesses must follow the rules under the Sunday trading law, as well as those surrounding the soft curfew. Hell City Cayman Islands is now offering virtual specialist consultations via telemedicine as part of the hospital's outpatient services, in addition to accepting all local emergency cases. The expanded services bring the hospital to the second phase of its reopening amidst the Cayman Islands' COVID-19 public health crisis. Public and private health providers have been teaming up in various capacities. They're working to develop and implement a COVID-19 crisis plan. This includes the clinical task force working together to prepare the plan for management of suspected and confirmed COVID-19 cases. Health Minister the Honorable Dwayne Seymour says one element of this partnership is to ensure the necessary staff is on board. The Health Services Authority is currently working with various private doctors and are now recruiting nurses on temporary contracts for those already registered in Cayman. If you're a nurse but not currently working, your services are needed. One of the unsung heroes on the front line are the housekeeping and cleaning staff. They are critical during this pandemic as the care for patients and the work environment for healthcare workers need to be in a clean and sanitary environment. Minister Seymour says the HSA is also recruiting people for these roles on temporary contract. So if you're qualified and looking for a job, please reach out to the HSA directly at hs.jobs at hsa.ky. That's hs.jobs at hsa.ky or visit hsa.ky for more information. This is a time when our country needs all hands on deck to be prepared for any surge or COVID-19 patients. And again, you can contact the HSA directly at hs.jobs at hsa.ky or visit hsa.ky for more information. So when you hear the term first responder, who do you normally think of? Police officers, emergency medical technicians, how about ER nurses? Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller recently spoke with frontline healthcare professional Marsha Elewanya, a nurse at the Georgetown Hospital Accident and Emergency Room, to hear how her life has been changed by COVID-19. When people hear frontline staff, probably one of the first images that pop up to their minds is an ER nurse. You know, talk about that experience. The goal is to stay informed of the latest guidelines from relevant sources such as, you know, the WHO, the CDC, in order to stay relevant to our dynamic emergency room team so that we can care for patients optimally when they do arrive in the institution. It's an adjustment curve, of course, because you have to be mentally prepared for something of this magnitude. A pandemic is not something that is just walking off the road, so you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to be mentally prepared and focused. 
you have to ensure that you employ coping strategies because as healthcare workers we also we're human beings so we do get nervous we do we do wonder what's going to happen so we have to ensure that we employ the coping strategies so that this doesn't prohibit us from bringing out the education and training that we've had what are some of the things that are different now that these COVID-19 measures are in place we're now at heightened awareness. Prior to the COVID-19, we would use our gloves, we would use our masks for certain procedures. But at this moment, because of how um, dangerous the virus is, we now have to use these protective equipment on a regular basis, which is quite uncomfortable because then it means that you too are very uncomfortable in these and you have to wear them sometime for prolonged periods of time. We have to make sure that we're educated and it's an on ongoing basis because each day you have new information coming out. So an evolving story. So each time you have to make sure that you are kept abreast of what's going on. We've now instituted telemedicine. So now we have to do telephone triage for our patients instead of having them in front of us talking to them so we can actually look at them. Now we have to ask the questions and use our skills, our training to evaluate them appropriately over the telephone. Another change is the fact that we are now treating COVID-19 patients. Now this is not new because we've treated patients with infectious conditions before. We have HIV patients, we have patients with tuberculosis, stuff like those. So those are not new to us. But at the same time, this condition itself is new. And because it is new, we're not sure of everything about it. So we have to be extra careful and cautious as we go through our daily job. What's it like treating patients with COVID-19? For me, it's a special sense of accomplishment when you care for patients with COVID-19 because these patients sometimes feel like they're in isolation. They don't get to interact much with family members. They're basically by themselves. So interacting with you is the closest they will get to interacting with family. And this gives me a sense of great accomplishment. As you mentioned, you're not you know, just a ER nurse. You're also a human being. Um, how has it been in your personal life trying to get everything done while being a frontline worker? I do have children. I have a family at home. So I have to always be mindful that the kids are wondering. They're asking questions and they will openly ask questions. They, their anxiety level is up. So you have to keep reassuring them as to, okay, mommy does see patients. We do care for patients, but we put on protective equipment that we want to make sure that we're safe so that we can go home safer to our family members. So I do go home every day. I put in place lots of measures to ensure that. Um, I shower at work before I go home. Once I go home, I take off my, my slippers outside. I take off my clothing outside. So you, you, don't want to, you don't want to put your family members at risk. To find a list of all services and phone numbers for community support, visit gov.ky coronavirus. It's an interesting thing, but the environment is reacting to so many of us human beings being trapped inside our homes with pollution and greenhouse gas emissions falling across the continents. Is that trend happening? Happening in Cayman as well? Um, in Cayman, it's difficult to say. We're under lockdown, so many of our research staff are unable to get out as, uh, to, to really verify some of these things. But it's reasonable to assume that, uh, yeah, with the break in the amount of on-water activity or in-water activity, the reefs and various marine ecosystems may be getting a rest. Deputy Director of the Department of Environment Tim Austin tells Radio Cayman the DOE, once able to, will definitely be investigating the potential impact. We know that the Stingray City sandbar uh, currently remains with rays on it because the DOE has been out there to check on them and has been feeding them regularly. We're also getting reports actually that Starfish Key has uh, a considerable amount of starfish on them, uh, more than you might expect when you know it's heavily inundated with people. But he says so far the DOE has not been able to confirm those reports because of government's COVID-19 measures.
we're encouraging people to send in reports to us if they see any any other benefits in the environment that they might be related to the fact that there's fewer people out on the streets and out on the marine environment. For information on how to contact the Department of Environment, visit their website at doe.ky. In these unique times, many people around the world are turning to virtual tours to help them experience life outside their home. The National Gallery has joined global institutions by sharing four interactive 360-degree journeys featuring local artists and themes. Having closed our doors to the public, the National Gallery team have been working to expand our digital platforms to provide virtual exhibitions, art information and educational resources online. We're aware that there are many families at home looking for creative resources and activities, and while we're close to site visits, the team remains committed to providing inspiring and locally produced resources. National Gallery Director Natalie Urquhart tells Radio Command that one aspect of this is the virtual tour, like Island of Women, which features 26 local artists from the Cayman Islands. There's also the Bendel Hides retrospective exhibition and the Cayman Islands Biennial exhibition that features 42 Cayman-based artists. Very importantly, we've been working to upload the National Art Collection and this offers an unprecedented resource for anyone looking for information about Cayman Islands art and art history. She says they're hoping this can be used not just by families, but by educators as well. We'll be continuing to develop Cayman-based cultural and cross-curricular lesson plans that will be uploaded onto the website three times a week. So there'll be a lot of activities coming in the next few weeks as well. The Cayman Isles National Gallery has been included in a global best tours piece alongside the Louvre, the Met, and other top global museums by luxury columnist. You can explore the tours yourself by visiting nationalgallery.org.ky. And a little from the sports front now, since the decision to suspend all sporting programs in Cayman until further notice because of COVID-19, sports coordinator for women Mita Day says her primary focus has now become staying in contact with the women and men who attend her Department of Sports community fitness program. Mita chatted with Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin about how things are going. As the saying goes, healthy bodies, healthy minds. So we at DSP felt it was important to keep our community fitness groups on track were at all possible by sending out a variety of physical activity routines a few times per week, along with uh, positive quotes and fun, light-hearted activities to keep them engaged and active. And uh, Tristan Wiesenhagen from Cayman Calisthenics, who volunteers throughout the year with my DSC initiative, agreed to come on board. And he has been very, very helpful in putting together some of the flyers and the routines, assisting us and, and getting them out to the people. You know, we know that People can source millions of internet routines and sessions to work alongside us, but it doesn't always work for everyone. We feel that the personal touch really pushes people, and more so in times such as these where people feel displaced and anxious. And we also feel if parents or a parent are doing well, then chances are that the family will remain in a healthier state of mind through these tough times. So we all agree that exercise play an important role in our psychological well-being. I mean, and you know, there's three key reasons, but the main one, especially right now at this moment, is cardiovascular fitness. I mean, daily we hear how talk of this virus attacks the lungs, and if a person is fit, it gives them a better chance. So DSP feel it's vital that our people are exercising during these trying times. And also very important is that we release endorphins which makes us happy. And I think, you know, people could easily get depressed and anxious during these times. They're worrying about a number of things, you know, job security, 
their loved ones contracting this disease and dying. So we feel it's important that they're happy. So despite the full lockdown on some days, we feel there are numerous routines that we can do in our own yard or inside of our homes with or without our family. I know that you mentioned that you keep in touch with your ladies and your and your gentlemen. What has the response been like, Mita? I think it's been really positive. I mean, sometimes we try to do like conference calls and we group people together that might have joined um, as friends together and talk to them or sometimes we do one-on-one. And I think that they're, they're very, very happy to hear from us and we talk to them about whatever injuries they may, might have had and how they can modify their exercises or if they're achieving their goals and why why they're not. You know, it could be simply that they're trying to juggle cooking and working at home and trying to keep the kids occupied and making sure that they fulfill their schedule who work that they, they have to do daily. So I feel that everybody's been very, very receptive to the phone call. I mean, this is something that I did anyhow, but it's something that Tristan and I have been trying to do with the women, and I think that they've been really, really receptive. Radio K-Man's Dion Anglin there with the Department of Sports Sports Coordinator for Women, Mita Day. And that is your latest local news. From Radio K-Man's Newsroom, I'm April Cummings.